So here we are again, ready for coffee pods. Good to be back with you, Wes. Yeah, gosh, two weeks flies by quickly, doesn't it? It certainly does, coming to the end of November. <laughs> oh, how many days to Christmas? Oh, no, no. We're oh, no, that. don't. Don't get me started. <laughs> Um, we're actually going to explore a question that got sent in to us um, okay. through the Academy. I'm pretty sure it came through the Academy. Well, yes, we were looking at chronic and long-term illness a while ago. Yeah, we were. And you presented a list and it was not, uh, not everything was included on it. No. But you presented a list of different um, chronic and long-term illnesses, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And it had on there... Um, did it have aut- was it autism? Yeah, yeah. Which was really surprising, not only to us doing the event, but to um a couple of our guests as well. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what they were then wondering is, are we supposed to pray for autism or other mm-hmm. disabilities that may have been listed um on on the sheet? So I just wondered, Wes. Yeah. <laughs> do we? Is this something that needs healing? That's a great question. Is this something that needs healing? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really it's a really interesting question because part of it is is perspective, in the mm-hmm. sense that um, I've known some people who are, for instance, have been ready to to die and to meet Jesus, mm-hmm. and actually they say. And, and honestly, they sort of know that their time is coming and, and they don't want you to pray for healing. <laughs> they want they want to pray that the train arrives quicker and, the, you know, whatever. And so in a sense, um, just generally people say, how do you how do you pray in moments like that? And I say, well, the question is, is the person coming to me? Do they have faith to live or are they looking for peace to die? Right. OK. And actually, I I think it's tan- a tantamount um, uh, expression of respect that we respond to them in that way. So, for instance, I would never pray for somebody in a way that they weren't able to accept or didn't want me to over anything. Okay. Because actually, that's not the nature of the dignity that that we give people in a corner in the ministry that we have. Yeah. So, for instance, Jesus will say to Bartimaeus, "What do you want me to do for you?" Um, to another man in fact a man who is chronically ill you know 38 years constitutes chronic okay he says do you want to get well yeah so so there's a something here that and i think perhaps one of the 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 issues that comes out of of the question you just asked me is about our assumptions and presumptions that we make in this ministry okay if i come back specifically to the autism thing um it wasn't my list i must really really confess Um, i did consult a a medical journal on what is classified as long-term or chronic illnesses and it, it wasn't that autism in that sense was listed as a disease that you needed to get rid of but actually the list was about um chronic long-term illnesses are um, conditions which either you, somebody else, or the National Health Service are going to have to handle long-term. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's not saying that, you know, I mean, it's not saying that if um, somebody is autistic, that there is something wrong with them. 
Yeah. Because actually, the trouble is we don't really understand the mind that much. I mean, you know, we think we do, but we don't. And there is such a lot going on in people's understanding and people's experience mm. that perhaps um, the people who would regard themselves as as um, what's the word? It's uh, it's the oh, there's a great phrase um, about what, what's regarded as normal sensory reception. Oh, yeah. You know, um, but actually, who's to say that that's normal? You know, yeah. I mean, people have looked at me and thought you're definitely not <laughs> normal. So. I, the list wasn't about these are things that are wrong with people that we need to sort out. Yeah. The list was about these are conditions that people will have that somebody, including them, are going to have to manage throughout their life or yeah. at least over the period of the condition. That's so a could, really helpful way of putting it. Yeah. If I could qualify that. that that's <laughs> and, and of course, in, in that sense, you would then take the issue of disability. Yeah. Just because somebody is in a wheelchair doesn't mean that they're unhappy about being in a wheelchair. And the answer actually um, is not always no. Yeah. Some some people might not yeah. um, be happy about it, but some people are content. And, and I remember listening to somebody who said, and that sounds strange, but the wheelchair is part of my life now. It's it's the way I, I it's the how I, I see life here. That's how it works. And actually, who am I to say you're wrong or even less, you know, to pray against their will? So I think I think in, in relation specifically to autism, um, the thing I have learned is this. In the story of Bartimaeus, he wasn't autistic, but in the story of Bartimaeus, um, he is blind. Yeah. OK, but his spirit can see yeah because they tell him it's jesus of nazareth but he says no it's jesus son of david <laughs> okay yeah. so my question is this it's true for conditions like autism or even dementia um, i was with somebody just last week who's got dementia but when we began to pray his mind came in line with his spirit and he was absolutely there as if he didn't have dementia yeah. just in those moments and almost as soon as we said amen you know the switch went off oh, and he wow. was back he was back there and it actually happened for mum my own mum as well so mm -hmm. what i want to say is is that you know god communicates spirit to spirit as well as mind to mind mm -hmm. so just because your mind might not necessarily work in the way that everybody else's does doesn't mean there's something wrong with you yeah and it because makes me think of what you were saying before um, in the academy last month, I think it was, or the month before, that God wants us well and whole. Yeah. And, and that whole is different for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know what whole looks like for me. Yeah. And I couldn't tell what whole looks like for you. And neither could I tell what whole looks like for somebody who's lost a limb. Mm. or somebody who is journeying with cancer mm. um you know i know it's easy to make that's where we make assumptions isn't it yeah definitely definitely and so on that point of assumptions then because i think that that's getting me thinking what other people might um think or do in situations um you know ministry situations around uh ministering to people who appear different to us possibly mm. um 
how do you think the church does see something like autism um or, or ministering to people with autism okay I, i'm gonna make a huge sweeping generalization and people, okay, are, gonna, yeah. people are gonna write in okay so <laughs> please forgive me i admit this but it by and large i think the church is afraid of a number of things yeah i think the church is afraid of dementia i think it's afraid of alzheimer's i think it's afraid of um people who are different to us i think it's afraid of autism i know some great churches yeah. who have wonderful 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 ministries with people with autism or learning difficulties and children absolutely mm. stonking ministries and provision i know one church that has has built into their project into their new building project a a state-of-the-art sensory room Oh wow! For children, it is. I mean, I went in it. It's just brilliant. Just as you know, it's got lights. It's got everything. Textures the lot. Yeah. Um, okay. But also, like the church used to be afraid of death. You know, yeah. if somebody dies, um, you know, people try and avoid the subject. They don't talk about the person, which we've learned is actually the very thing that people want you to do. They want you to talk about the person. Yeah. So it seems to me that. If we're not careful, we sort of give the impression that the church is about perfect people. When actually it's not. We're all quirky and I'm I'm probably as quirky as anybody is. Fat people think more so. Um, life may not be perfect, but it is livable. And I think also that in a sense, the church is at times particularly ignorant yeah. ab ab about it. Um, and even if you take something like ADHD, yeah, I think the church is by and large ignorant about what that means. I remember going to, um, I was in a church and there was a, there was a, a little boy, he must have been 10 and he was wearing a harness and um, a padded helmet. Um, and he was just wired yeah. and he was just everywhere. And in fact, I was preaching there, and at one point, he came and stood next to me at the front, and his poor mother was like, oh, my goodness me. I said, don't worry, it's okay. You know, yeah. I said, i got a microphone, it's fine, it'll be all right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and he went off, and he was, he was everywhere. And I said to her afterwards, I said, um, this must be quite challenging for you. And she said, he's lovely. She said, it's the church that is challenging. And oh, I said... Wow. I said, do tell. She said, well, this is uh, a number of one of the number of churches I've, I've tried. And this is the only church that I've stayed at more than two weeks. Oh. So I said, why? What happened? They say, well, we go in on, on week one of the first day and they welcome and say, well, it's absolutely lovely to have you. You know, great that you'd come. Please come make us at home, you know, and he's there and whatever. And then when I go back week two, somebody's at the door waiting for me. And they say, would it be possible if you could just keep him quiet? Um, mm. And and actually, if he's disturbed, if, could you just take him out the back and maybe play uh, out there? And she knows, she says, I know what they're saying. Please don't come back. You're yeah. disrupting our church. Yeah. And actually, I, I almost cried. And I apologised. I said, I am so sorry. Mm. This isn't what Jesus is like. And she said, but this church... I've been here for three months <laughs> and they just, they just go, yeah, right. Okay. Next. Let's move on. Great. That's great. 
so I think the church is ignorant. I think we're afraid. Yeah. I think we're ill-prepared. Um, and I think, and, and I say to somebody who's involved in prayer ministry, you know, there's this idea that one prayer should sort everything out. And, and sometimes it takes a little bit of a journey and whatever. So yeah, how, what do you think? Um, I agree with what you're saying. I do. I I think um, I th I think we need to create inclusive spaces um, for everybody. Um, and I think we need to educate ourselves as much as possible as well. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to go to like Bible college, but you also need. I think you need to have some common sense to go. You know, I'm not saying not everyone has Li life college. <laughs> life college, yeah. And just I think if there's people within our ministry context who have some skills um, in these areas that can just contribute and bring some understanding, because I think a lot of it with some of the stuff you've listed as well you know dementia is because we because we don't understand mm. we we can put up our our fear barriers mm. um mm. i mean we so we've got family uh who um are severely autistic and we would always say we'd never change them for the world um and i've really learned as well just that i know god can speak to that person yeah. as clearly as he can speak to yeah. anybody else yeah. and um and and understanding that that's a difference but it's not a bad difference that mm. like that's just a difference in how god can communicate yes um, yes so yeah i mean it's incredibly uh there's a lot there's a lot to think about when it comes to this isn't there yeah. Yeah, there is. And I mean, you know, we in our wider family, we have uh, uh, one of our wider family is um, ADHD mm. and the world looks very different to them. Yeah. And I think in a sense, you know, isn't it funny that church, we try and take in account of ages, you know, mm. different chronological ages, you know, the old children's work. This, We don't actually often cater for different personality types. No. And no. so, we have, you know, we treat everybody the same. Um, I don't know about you. Sometimes I don't want to go into a church and have a full brass band at me, you know, for yeah. 40 minutes. You know, I, it, it's yeah. a different thing. Um, I learned a brilliant lesson. It was just great. Um, I was at a um, early on in the ministry. I was at a, um, a, at a conference. I've been brought in as part of the prayer ministry team and whatever. And uh, the well-known speaker had spoken at the front. I won't mention their name, <laughs> uh, but he was male. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> he then gave an invitation to come and pray. Yeah. So if you'd like to come forward, the team are here. If you'd like to pray, be prayed for, whatever. It's very similar to perhaps Acorn things. Yeah. I remember praying for somebody and the next person, <coughs> excuse me, in the line was a young man um, with Down syndrome. Mm. And I said, uh, would you like me to pray for you? And he said, no, thank you. I want to be prayed for by, and he pointed to the <laughs> man <laughs> at the front. And I said, no, I perfectly understand. And actually, if I was in your, you know, I, I'd choose the same thing if I was being prayed for. You know. But actually, you, somebody else could have been highly offended. Yeah. yeah. But actually, there just weren't the filters which said, actually, it's not polite to say no, thank you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're yeah. rubbish. You know, I'd want, some, yeah. I'd want someone better, you know. And of course, you probably didn't even think that, but it was just the way that it came across. And I do think you're right, Lisa, that for all of these issues, that people with chronic and long-term illness, people with disabilities, people with autism, people with ADHD, have something to teach us. Mm. 
about how God reaches the spirit and the imagination. Yeah. When the mind doesn't necessarily always cooperate in the way yeah. that perhaps we think it might. Definitely. I've sometimes wondered, and this might be completely no, Lisa, that's wrong. But I have sometimes wondered, like, if you take the story where Jesus drew in the sand, didn't he? Mm. Um, that just one time spoke to me as like, what if that's how that person needed to see something? Mm. Or and and I'm not saying that's exactly what happened in that situation, but actually, like, so when we pray for people, our go-to is to use words and to mm. listen. Yeah. Um, when actually what if it is you need to physically demonstrate or you know to help communicate to yeah. that to that person so yeah I just wonder how God does yeah. it you know it's amazing he talks to us and, <laughs> and he talks to me differently to how he talks to you oh yeah, yeah so he's totally. gonna talk, yeah it's just yeah it's amazing and, and of course many of the prophets they acted it out you know, I mean, seriously, I mean, some of them, you and honestly, some of it is weird, and please don't do it in church, <laughs> but absolutely, seriously, I mean, they absolutely acted it out. Yeah. And and it really is quite something, you know, to, to, to see that. And I think that's, that's part of it. And I've got the word, it's the people who are neurotypical and neuroatypical. That's it. Yeah. So before you write in and, and correct me, <laughs> and of course, um, the church is by and large for neurotypical people not necessarily neuroatypical people oh definitely yeah definitely you know and it's also for more more or less one personality type very often yeah so i i honestly think um if somebody who was autistic asked me to pray for them i would pray and i would ask them what they would like me to pray for mm. but i would never presume with uh any anything that is not typical if i could put it that way I'd never presume to tell a person what they need. Oh, definitely. That's very helpful. Okay. Um, I was going to say or, or ask also how how we can keep hope in these moments, you know, when there's people that we love and um, circumstances aren't changing or or there's a, a recurring need, which mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily put autism down as no. something like that. But just in those situations, maybe the chronic illnesses, what, what do you think? I have great um, sympathy for those who are journeying with long-term issues. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, I remember um, listening to Terry Waite. He was the man who was held in captive for years um, uh, in Beirut. And um, I remember him saying, um, he was interviewed and he said, you know, what did you pray? Because you're a Christian. What did you pray? And he said, I realised that if I started to pray, dear God, rescue me, get me out of here. If that became my only prayer, I would go mad. Oh. He said, so I never asked for that. Mm. He said, what I did is I recited the Anglican prayers for the day. Yeah. You know, you know. Um, he said, I'd learned them by heart um, over many years. And I just went through the Anglican cycle of prayer, you know, um, because for me, that was the place where there was life and hope. While whereas actually, if I only ever prayed about the thing that I wanted to change, there was only despair because I couldn't change that. And I would say to people um, in this sort of circumstance, um, 
that yes you might say god you know my needs but actually sometimes it's just better to focus on him and say lord i know that you love me that's true i know that you're with me that's true i know that you care for me that's true i know that your help will be with me today that's true rather than say you know i want this necessarily today yeah, yeah. and and i i i will end with quoting my mother who's yeah. gone to be the lord whatever and she used to say to me she said um the world the world's gone mad and there's only you and me and i'm not that sure about you <laughs> and and what she was saying you know in a sense who determines what is normal yeah and i'm not sure that oh no i am quite sure that god doesn't call normal everything that we call normal no of course not and actually, I just wonder how much of the church is slightly out of kilter with with what reality looks like anyhow. So I would just say um, we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Find the good in that. Amazing. Thank you, Wes. That's brilliant. OK, let's uh, draw it to a close. Thank you for joining us. Um, do check out our website for all sorts of different resources and events. And also, if you make sure that you subscribe and like these podcasts, you'll be notified whenever there is a new one. Um, so definitely worth doing. And we'll catch you very soon. Bye bye. Bye.